0: Up for the prescription filling, smart slaying, cowboy boot wearing son of a gun. Make some noise for Doc Hoss. Because the greats don't need to be goaded into greatness. They seek it out. They crave it. They dare the entire locker room to come after them. Just like I'm gonna seek you out. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Nope, it's just our third man, Johnny Smarts. Smarts. <laughs> speak while there's a microphone in my hand. And here is your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. Let's make one thing clear.
1: I don't watch this business. This business watches me.
0: Sit back and enjoy your dose of k pave consumption as you listen to the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth breaking wall the fourth wall. And what up fam? Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things music, sports, pro wrestling, and so much more. Welcome to the Fourth Wall Cast. Be sure to check us out right here every Sunday on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bones. And as always, I'm accompanied by my partner in crime. He is the star of the new Johnny Thunderguns movie, Thunderguns Five. Thunder Sun. the saga continues. No, he is not the real son of Johnny Thunderguns. He just plays him. Ladies and gentlemen, Doc Haas.
1: I've been having a miserable week, and that made it all the more miserable.
0: <laughs> you you get the reference, don't you? thunder guns i thought you i thought you were a fan of always sunny oh is, is that is that the piper episode that's the movie yeah that's the movie that, that they watched thunder guns four maximum cool wow how far back are we going here wow i am ashamed how far back are we going here what I season am ashamed. oh jeez fuck if i know I have there I guess I've never seen that episode and I thought you were a fan of always sunny and Phil I do like it's always sunny I I mean, apologize I've seen every all Always sunny fans out there for the lack of of uh, well, I'm sorry of, that of being I in the know that doc has here I'm sorry that you know
1: you hold everybody to your total total diva standard uh, yeah, of having if you're
0: not on my standard, every yeah if, if you're not on my level if you can't if you can't play with the fire no if you can't stand the heat don't play with the fire. You know what I was God. trying to
1: say. You kind of sound like Charlie from It's Always Sunny right now. Right. <laughs> I do. Or, be, or do you kind of sound like Mac, or a combo of both? <laughs> or
0: a combo of both.
1: You're not you're not quite desperate enough to be Charlie, <laughs> but you're quite dipshit enough to be Mac. Uh,
0: all right, Doc. Now that it just took us an hour and four minutes to fucking get our computers working, oh we can oh, like, record. What a hassle! Wow, oh. damn technology, right? Technology um, sucks, dude. Why can't we like podcast? Like cans where you put the string in yes. the can. And then it's a just, shame we can't. Yeah. And then we can like, just stream that for everyone in the world to hear, right? I don't see why we can't do that. You
1: know what we should do? We should do a Morse code podcast. We just do the whole podcast in Morse, Morse code. Co- <laughs> beep, 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 beep. You have
0: to know Morse code to hear this, to listen to the show. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Doc. All right, there, Johnny Thunder Guns.
1: That would actually be how. That would actually be how I'd have to talk about the New York Mets and their owners right now, because all I want to do is go beep 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 beep, because they're a bunch of <laughs> fucking assholes and they're not selling the team. Bones, remember like a month and a half ago, two months ago, and I was here mm-hmm. and I was like crying almost, like talking about how joyous of a day it was that the that the Wilpons were selling the Mets. Guess yep. what, buddy? It's over. It's the dream's over, over mm-hmm. because Cohen backed out because the Wilpons are fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. You get that, Wilpons? Assholes. Okay? Nobody wants you here anymore. You spend money, and when you do spend money, you spend it on the wrong guys. And then when we want you to go sign the right guys, you won't spend money. And now you don't have money because you invested in a birdie Madoff who sucks so much as a Ponzi schemer. He's dead now. He's fucking dead, birdie Madoff. Dead. Killed themselves. And to Mets fans, you're all dead to us. Stop torturing us. Stop putting us through this shit. Sell the fucking team. MLB doesn't want you. I don't want you. Nobody wants you. You're shitty baseball minds. You're meddlesome. Get the fuck out. Out. Damn. Done with them. Bullshit. It's a terrible day, Bones. It sounds like you're uh, not happy about this at all. You know what's going to happen? The Mets actually have a decent team and they're going to be probably decent this year. And then Wilpons are like, oh, we built this decent team, hot. They didn't build shit.
0: They didn't do nothing. Do you think at the end of the day that's going to help the Mets if the Wilpons get the fuck out?
1: I think at the end of the day, you have an owner. The overall club? Yes, because you're going to have an owner who is willing to spend money freely, not have to worry about. A budget because you have wasted all your money you invested years ago. Like they're going to be able to spend. Hold on, let me let me contain. Let me let me compose myself.
0: <sighs> hey man, this is an open forum here. If you got emotions, new, let it all out, man.
1: A new owner would give the Mets more financial flexibility, like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs or the Dodgers or the Angels, to sign any big name free agent at any time. The Mets have always been able to sign the first guy and then like two half guys but they've never signed the second or the third big guy to really help get them over the hump. That's why they haven't won a World Series in 33 years. Okay? Now, the Wilpons have spent money before. They just haven't spent money wisely. You're a wrestling fan, Bones, right? Yes. Imagine if WWE repeatedly tried to sign somebody like David Arquette over and over again to be their top of the like promotion guy. Imagine okay. that. Okay. How much that would fail miserably over and over again, right? Right. That's every free agent signing the Mets have seemingly ever made under the direction of Fred Wolpon. It's the wrong guy every time, whether it's injuries, whether it's general disappointment. You know, some Mets fans are like, well, they do spend money. They do spend money. Well, they don't spend it correctly. How come the Yankees make the right decision every time and the Mets don't? Right. Because the guys in charge with the Mets are not solid baseball minds, and they don't have the checkbook to do the deals necessary to get the best players, pluralized players. Right. As a Mets fan – I'm sick of it. It's a New York team. They should be able to spend money freely because they're in freaking New York. And
0: it's a... Excuse,
1: me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't know what that means, but I'm um, just going to have to. <sighs> Anyways, it's time. It's time to move on from this Walpond era. I'm sick of the back and forth. I'm sick of the games. We had an owner. I don't care if he was a hedge fund crook. I'd rather him, you know, put his money into sports than people's like innocent people's lives that he probably ruins. I I just, I I, uh, move on, man. This is depressing.
0: All right. Since baseball talk right now is depressing, let's talk about football. We had a a pretty important football game that happened last weekend. Uh, Something called the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 54. Doc, you and I spoke about it. Talked about the 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I mentioned uh, in my eyes for not being a diehard football fan and not really being a fan of these two teams. Uh, what happened, Doc? I think Doc has another thought. Will Pond is still bothering Doc. Doc, let it Dude, out. Let it out.
1: I can't, I, I, I can't get over it, man. I can't. I can't get past it. I can't get past it. I really can't. Dude, tell me something, okay? Okay. If if, if you own something, right, and somebody Mm -hmm. bought it from you, would you still be allowed to be in charge? No. No. This is the problem we're having here. Like, the the guy who wants to buy the Mets, Cohen, like, the reason it fell apart is because Wilpon wants to stay in charge for five years. Who puts $2 billion into something to not have the majority say? Who – what businessman would ever do that? Oh, I'm sorry, dude. This is the thought I really wanted to bring up, and I was brain farting out of rage. It was like a rage brain fart. They are the most bass awkward businessmen ever. Everything about this deal is so wrong, and it's all because of Fred and Jeff. And I think they just hate Mets fans. I think they hate us, and they want to torture us. Anyway, I get to the chest. Move on to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Bones. I, I no, think I'm good now. Don't be sorry. I think
0: you, I'm good you're, you're now. you better? All right, cool.
1: Wall fam, I'm sorry for how broken up this is and how ridiculous this sounds, but I have not been a sane man. I've not been able to think straight for the past 24 to 48 hours since hearing this news.
0: If you were able to actually watch this, you have to see the emotion exuding right now from Doc's face and just from Doc's body. The The steam is coming out of his ears. There's Worst anger. There is, there's emotion. There's a lot going on right now. So... Doc, when you watched the Super Bowl, did it make yes. you happy?
1: <laughs> it made me happy because I didn't bet any money on it. There if I would have bet on the 49ers like I, I almost did, I would have mm-hmm. been very, very, very upset. And it's unbelievable to see a coach like Kyle Shanahan like, out-coach himself for the, for the what third time in four years in the Super Bowl. Because he was the offensive coordinator in that Falcons team that blew it to the Patriots. Right. So he was you know, play-calling then, too. He's kind of an arrogant play caller, and arrogant play calling really doesn't win you Super Bowls. You shouldn't be passing when you should be running, when you're trying to run clock out of a game, especially when the other quarterback's Pat Mahomes, and he can turn it on any time, which Pat Mahomes obviously did in the, super, in the final, in the what next to last drive, in his final drive of the Super Bowl. Um, awesome. I mean, that's why he's the best quarterback in the game, because of things like that. Uh, the Chiefs deserved it. The 49ers threw the game away. They should have won. Uh, when the 49ers threw it the chiefs caught it and ran with it um the 49ers game plan until that last like he- that last half of the fourth quarter was perfect run the ball down their throat play smothering defense they did exactly what i thought they were going to do to win the game right and then just stopped i don't know what happened no, i don't know if they're arrogant if they got cocky I, yeah i don't know if they got distracted by Shakir and Jalo and they couldn't get, couldn't get those images out. Do you think they watched a halftime show at all? The halftime is like an hour and a half long for the Super Bowl. Do you think they get bored and start like watching a halftime show?
0: I don't know. That, that's a good question. I have to believe that they're all in there trying to get focused, probably having the, their team meeting with their coach, going over the game plan for the second half. I mean, the 49ers, they went into the half up by 10 points. and then They, they did. They, they let up 21 points in the fourth oh. quarter. Oh, it's unbelievable! But that's the Chiefs, man.
1: They can strike at any moment. They're so potent offensively. Patrick Mahomes is so smart, MVP, and baby. so MVP. intelligent. Right. He he's he really is. I looks like of the mold of a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. A smart game manager, powerful arm. Accurate, Beyond accurate. Beyond accurate. And, and he's Un- young. Young. He's like he's young. 25 20, maybe. Yeah, 24, 25 20, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: he's young. Yeah. There's plenty of time for him to win a lot more Super Bowls. Him and Andy Reid really work well together. But kudos to Andy Reid uh, for finally getting himself a Super Bowl after 21 seasons as an NFL head coach. An unbelievable amount of time to be employed as an NFL head coach and never win a Super Bowl, especially in a world as fickle as the NFL, where championships are valued so greatly and and head coaches. So kudos to Andy for finally getting his uh, championship in Kansas City. Fifty years. Yeah.
0: Speaking of fickle, fickle fans, let's talk about the the fans of the fans and not, the not fans of the halftime show. So what the hell was wrong with the halftime show? From uh, us being musicians, being entertainers and performers, I thought it was a very well done halftime show. There was nothing. I, if you want to look into it and really break shit apart and analyze every fucking movement of Shakira and J Lo, that that was uncalled for. That was not 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 suited for television. I mean, okay, so J Lo slid down a pole. Okay, if Adam Levine slid down a pole. With a shirt off, that was okay, but J-Lo can't. I mean, I didn't see what was so politically incorrect about their performance. I enjoyed I, their performance. I've never found anything politically incorrect about
1: beautiful women.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was nothing <laughs> wrong with it at all. They were fully clothed. They weren't naked. They were. There, there were, were no, no wardrobe no, malfunctions. Yeah, no, thank you, wardrobe, <laughs> no, 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 no malfunctions, no nip slips, no nothing. Uh, my favorite part was probably Shakira and j twerking together. That um, was just very you know, nice.
1: I, I thought the twerk was very rhythmic. It was uh, very natural. It, exactly. Um, who am I kidding it, here, dude? Was that was so amazing. It was so syncopated. It was so
0: syncopated. <laughs> and, you know, 42 and 50 years old, man. If it's there were a synchronized swimming,
1: it. if there was a synchronized swimming of booty shake...
0: That was it. That, that was it, and they would have won the gold medal. So bones. I bones. Yes, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Okay. I think Spanish women are very attractive. Th-
0: yes, they are. Yes, I think I've always I've always found Spanish
1: and Italian women to be very attractive. I don't know what it is.
0: Exotic.
1: there's an exoticness to it. Yes. I married. I married an Italian woman. There you go. That was, that was the road I went down. Um. That was amazing, dude. Shakira, man, she is. She looked good. It was funny. I was watching an interview like before the two of them, and I was looking. I was like, Yo, J looking. I think Jay, even to be an older J looks better, and I kind of was looking a little more. Like at first, and I was like, You know what, man? Shakira looks better than J Lo. Who am I kidding, dude? No way, dude. Yeah. There's. It was at first. I was. I was kind of tricked by J Lo's. Like, um, like. We'll call it. Uh, um glitz and glam okay whereas i think shakir is a lot more and slightly more natural <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> just, agreed. can we say slightly is that Sli- the right
0: word yes slightly, yeah, slightly yeah.
1: Works. dude dude they looked great they performed great i don't like any of their songs really so nice. musically i could have cared less um there was no it wasn't musicians out there you know okay. it was their, was their all music 40.
0: selection definitely took me back to like, yeah, 10,
1: to be 15 back, years yeah, to be ago, that's like middle school and early high school, <laughs> <Right>? absolutely.
0: <laughs> but uh no, but I have to give all those performers. Like, they had they had so many backup dancers, and that would the, the again the, chor- the choreography was done really well. I it mean, was
1: done really well yeah. for the serious topic. It was choreographed great. I mean, they're both fantastic dancers. You know, um, perverted guy jokes aside, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're they're great entertainers, great performers. I thought it was a well done halftime show in terms of halftime shows and uh you know but i don't think it's anything we're gonna we're not gonna remember like we remember michael jackson's halftime show right or Springsteen's halftime show
0: or, or that or time Katy
1: perry's katie's was cool because it had didn't she have like the, the, the lion
0: line right the horn yeah. line where the hell it was it she was riding on yeah
1: you're gonna hear a roar yep uh, oh well
0: uh, oh oh wait so how does that song go here me roar. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, Sticking with the Super Bowl, let's also talk about, since you and I are both wrestling fans, the pro wrestling presence at the Super Bowl. So the game opens up with The Rock announcing the teams before the game starts, which was fucking awesome. That was badass, man. It was, was the was best like straight Super Bowl intro ever. Right? That was like straight up WWE SmackDown The Rock on the mic, cutting a promo, hardcore. It was so fucking awesome. It really, it got me hyped up for the, for, for the game right. itself. It then wasn't had, Dwayne.
1: It wasn't Dwayne. It was it Rocky. It was The
0: Rock, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then you had the, um, the hummus commercial with Ric Flair. Uh, you had the other commercial with John Cena. And also at the game, you had Triple H and Stephanie, and you had Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes, both at the game. That do I did think, not know. Do you think that they cross paths at the game? I would have surprise me. See, I, I really don't. I'm, we always say wrestling is all the work. I can't see them crossing paths at the game and like having any kind of altercation. I, I, I don't think there's any real bad blood between Triple H and Cody. So I think it's just a friendly competition they have going on. You know, it would have. It would
1: have had to have been behind the scenes if right. they had like a – yeah, because if they did it in on the concourse, some some wrestling fan like s- us is going to rip that phone out and go, oh, oh Triple H and Cody about the fight. It's about the fight. while they were like shaking hands and drinking beer. Right. Some like Twitter mark was like, about the
0: fight. But also they had a lot of – I mean it was on Fox, so you had a lot of WWE commercials for SmackDown. Uh, right. I, I also found out that AEW had a full-page ad in the program for anyone that was at the game. So there was a lot of pro wrestling presence felt at the game. Well, at, AEW's, at
1: AEW's got the WWE tie-in because of, of the cons. right? And if exactly. anything, WWE has the opposite of the, the NFL tie-in. They have an XFL tie-in right now. Yes,
0: which is interesting because... First of all, I even forgot the XFL was starting. Yeah, well, let alone starting this week. Now, fam, you're listening to this on Sunday, so we already had the first game yesterday. It would have been uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday with the DC Defenders taking on the Seattle Dragons. Now, I think this was a very poor, (laughs) poor build, and there was zero hype for the for week one of the XFL. These
1: fucking team names are the worst, dude.
0: (laughs) Dude, the Seattle Dragons, because you know, you go to Seattle, <laughs> what a 10 year old did a
1: 10 year old name that team? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that, my god, that's, that's where dragons are from, dude. Seattle.
1: Will Ricky he, the will Ricky, will Ricky the dragon steamboat be appearing at Ooh. Seattle Dragons games?
0: That'd be something, that would be something. And he has to breathe fire, he has to wear oh, he has the to. orange fins, and he has to breathe the fire.
1: That's like the pregame routine. You know, like when the mascot runs out, The ma- instead they're going to – Ricky the Dragon steamboat's going to come out riding a dragon, and he's going to get off the dragon. I guess he's not going to ride it. Well, he could ride a dragon. He could ride a dragon. Rick, Ricky Steamboat will find a way, yeah, and no. then he'll take <laughs> – and then he will breathe fire that is actually hotter than the dragon's <laughs> fire because he's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, man. This is getting so out of hand. I love it. Um, I love when we do late night casts. Anyway, I know. <laughs> um, the XFL, man, not only has there been no promotion for it, ESPN's talked about it. Um, WFAN was talking about it a little bit today. Uh, Evan Roberts, who's, who's a DJ in WFAN, uh, he's also a big wrestling fan. So he, I'm sure he's a little in the know. And uh, I think nobody's talking about it because there's, there's nobody in the league. Right. I think the only player I can think of in the league that I've heard of before is Cardale Jones. He used to be a quarterback at Ohio State.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this is the problem with other football leagues. One, football just got done. So you just had a 16-week season and then another, what, what? one, two, three, four, five-week <laughs> postseason. Super Bowl, right. So you had 19 weeks right there. And then you have another four weeks of preseason before that. So football has been off for 23 weeks straight now. Right. 23 weeks straight. That's, so, a, that's
0: almost a half a year. Right, so I want to stop right there. So as a football fan, I'm told, I'm asking you now, as a football fan, do you want to see more football after the Super Bowl? No, and it's not necessarily because I don't want to see football. It's because football,
1: and I've said this a million times, people, football, American football is not a global game. There isn't a deep enough global talent pool to pull enough actual talent to make another league with players who are talented enough to make the game entertaining, Right. which is the same reason the first XFL failed. It wasn't because of all the gimmicks and all the new stuff. A lot of the stuff, the XFL day, the original XFL debuted the NFL lifted a lot of the production stuff and, and things like that. I mean, they didn't, Change. Anything. They didn't really do anything with like the actual in-game changes. But the XFL did do some breakthroughs in production in how we actually watch the game on TV. Right. Um, but that league failed. The the stupid league they tried to do last year. Not only did that league fail, they couldn't even pay their damn players. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was another league. the the Arena Football League has come and go over time. The the only reason the Arena Football League works is every game is a shootout because it's a short field, so right. you get to see a lot of offense. So unless these games become these crazy shootouts where teams are winning like 73 to 65, I, I don't see people having interest. Now, if it comes into a shootout league where people want to watch offense, you might get a couple of people who tune in for a couple weeks like, ah, I'll check this out. At least they're going to score points. Right. But at the end of the day, there, I don't think there's enough football talent in this world for another high-level pro football league to work. Right. Simple as that.
0: Now another thing that, that I find interesting too is so we have Vince McMahon, who everyone knows who Vince McMahon is. He is the he is the, the 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 mastermind behind the WWF WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay, so we all know this. So why wasn't him or any other personalities from the XFL or any kind of correspondence from XFL going on wrestling podcasts like we both listen to other wrestling podcasts and there has been no talk about the xfl i do know i think as of today we're recording this on friday oliver luck the commissioner from xfl was on busted open radio i have not listened to it yet um, yeah, I, oliver I, luck's been making the rounds all week so yeah been, so he had, he's yeah. been around this week all right but Again, the week before the first week, of course, you know, there's no, no more hype until they wait till the last minute. But I do know something that he has been talking about that Oliver Luck will be talking about with Busted Open is uh, some of the rules that XFL is changing. Uh, what they are in detail, I don't know. You might know better than I would. Uh, it's in regards I, to f- field goals and uh, uh, p- kickoff and punt returns.
1: Yeah, there are none. I don't, I don't, I I believe there are no kickoffs or punt returns. I know there's no extra points. Okay. Like you have, you always have to go for a two point conversion. Okay. Uh, I don't know about any field goal rules. This is the thing. I'm just not really interested in the league. Like I'm really not like there and there's no star players. Like there's nothing that draws me to watch these games.
0: There are some former NFL players, though, that are coaches for some of these teams.
1: Yeah, they had they do have some bigger name coaches. If I remember some big name college coaches. I think they might have, yeah, you know, pulled into. Right. So there's definitely some. Like, I mean, it, it's the one thing I will say about it. Everybody in the XFL is playing for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. So you might like strike some like you know like college basketball has that sort of a, appeal when you watch it because it's a it's mostly kids playing for the love of the game. Like you might be able to catch some of that sentiment, but it's going to be harder to it's not going to be. It's going to feel weird when you're watching them in half empty football stadiums like they should be playing their home games in smaller venues. Let's just be real here. You know, maybe find like a local soccer like MLS stadium that only seats 20,000 people. So at least you feel like you're playing in front of a full house. I know that mentally affects athletes, you know, what kind of environment they're in. And so there, there could be a there's a there's a chance for it to have a cult following. The XFL, kind of almost like the USFL, which was a league in the 1980s that ran. Right. That uh, I believe Donald Trump owned it possibly, or he had a or he owned one of the teams, or I know he was involved with it. But um, they had a time where they kind of did compete with the X the NFL because they got some big name talent. Uh, guys like Jim Kelly, who was a Hall of Fame quarterback with the Bills, was in the uh, USFL. I believe, I want to say Herschel Walker might have played into the USFL before he went to the NFL. So, like, they had some bigger name players. Um, but who are the big name players down there? The only appeal that any big-name player would have to want to go down there is it's a shorter schedule, but there's nowhere near as much money. And they're not going to get money if they're paying in big-ass football stadiums. They're paying to play in big-ass football stadiums. Mm-hmm. Like It just doesn't make sense to me. It just seems like the whole business model is backwards. Why not start smaller? Right. Maybe start on WWE Network as a streaming service.
0: I, I, like, yeah, you're getting all this fit. money you're, yeah, get, if, you're getting all this money from ESPN, but it's going to fail miserably. Right. If Vince already had already has has the um, capability of of going onto his own streaming service that he owns, take advantage of that and see what kind of hype you get right. off of that.
1: It's but just about, be- you might you might even get a couple of extra subscriptions if you develop some sort of cult following.
0: Right. But again, we have to wait now and see. Uh, you know, obviously, we're recording this before the first game, so let's see how the first game, even the first week, pans out. And uh, I think Doc, you and I should talk about this again next week and see how the first week is going to end off and how it's going to set up hopefully the success of the XFL for the remainder of the season.
1: Let's go, Dragons! <laughs> Beat anyway. the defenders! Beat the defenders! Beat the defenders! Roar! Hopefully, uh, oh my God, this is scary. all right. That's my, that's my dragon fire noise. Is that?
0: so let's talk about something else that McMahon has his hands in that is obviously uh pro wrestling excuse me sports entertainment uh, i do want to talk to you real quick about the current women's wrestling uh division right now women's division in wwe we have a lot of storylines that that are potentially branching off and as we prepare uh on the road to wrestlemania so right now, we have Charlotte Flair, who won the Women's Royal Rumble, and she has not chosen who she's going to face yet at WrestleMania, but Rhea Ripley stepped out this past week on Raw and called out Charlotte Flair. Now, Charlotte Flair showed up at full sale on Wednesday, showed up on NXT, went back home to NXT, and interrupted a, an awesome promo from Bianca Belair. Now, Bianca Belair, for those of you that don't know, had an amazing showing and really got herself over in this year's Royal Rumble. Bianca Belair is going to be facing Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship... Excuse me, NXT Championship um, at NXT TakeOver Portland. So, Charlotte Flair interrupts Bianca Belair, and then, of course, Rhea Ripley comes out. Now, what did you think about that entire segment with these three women?
1: I enjoyed it thoroughly, man. I really did. I thought they were... They were all kind of pro on there. I'm still kind of getting used to like this kind of face ish Rhea Ripley. I kind of I think there's a I kinda of, I think they're taking a little bit of edge off her a bit, which, you know, I don't know how smart that is, but it's it's working for her. She, so she's who still am, over. She's yeah, still who am I to say it's over. not working? Right. But I thought I think Bianca has been, you know, awesome since the Royal Rumble appearance. Um I think she's just Up and coming star with just so much talent. I've thought that since the beginning Mm -hmm. of Bianca Belair in NXT. I just, she has the it factor. She's in, she's a great wrestler. She's talk. she's in great shape. She's got everything. She's got legitimately everything for the modern day women's wrestler.
0: Right. I I believe in Bianca more in this feud with her and Rhea than I did with her when she was feuding with Shayna for the title.
1: I think it makes more sense for Bianca now. Right. you know with Shayna that was like okay here's here's my first chance at the top but you know Shayna's a badass that worked out it worked out well that Shayna could beat Bianca and it doesn't make Bianca look weak um, now we're in a situation where if she doesn't come out and top on top in this fl- in this feud with Charlotte and Rhea it still doesn't really make her look that weak because one Charlotte Charlotte but i think at some point in this whole altercation she does need to beat Rhea Ripley at some point yeah, point in this whole, whether it's after WrestleMania, whether they go to and do a triple threat at WrestleMania and she wins or say they go triple threat at WrestleMania and Charlotte wins. And then the next night, Bianca beats Rhea on Raw. Like at some point, she has to get that big win for her right. character and her career. I think Rhea Ripley offers up that opportunity. I don't know if it's going to happen to take over Portland.
0: See, I don't know. I I feel like with Bianca's push since Royal Rumble, with her uh, awesome segment this this week on NXT with Flair and Ripley, I I could see them putting a rocket strap on Bianca and having her go over on Rhea at Portland and really changing things up as we lead into WrestleMania. I think a triple threat match would be very interesting. mm -hmm. It'd be entertaining. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you this before you say anything else. Between Bianca and Rhea, out of the two of them, we're talking promo skills, in-ring athleticism, regardless of title history, because obviously Rhea now has been the NXT, uh, NXT UK Women's Champion and the NXT Women's Champion. Who do you think has more of the it factor, Bianca or Rhea? Oh, man. Now, can <sighs> we agree that Rhea probably still needs some work on the mic? Yeah, Bianca definitely
1: is better on the mic. But, man, Rhea is impressive in the ring, man.
0: Who has is more she, charisma, Rhea or Bianca? It's a draw. Yeah.
1: That's, that's, that's a toss-up, man. Their charisma is so much different. Like, their styles of charisma are so much different. Like, Bianca almost has, like, this sort of, like, rock attitude towards her promos. Whereas, like, Rhea's a little more of, like, you know, kind of flashy Bianca. Right. You know, like spitting rhymes and doing all that. Whereas like Rhea is more of like kind of like a badass, but like now she's kind of like this face badass right now. Right. Almost like they're almost trying to morph her into like NXT's version of Becky Lynch. I feel. Mm-hmm. I if, that, if that if that if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Uh, but who am I, If I had to pick one over the other, like who? If I had to draft, who am I taking? I'm taking Bianca, man.
0: The EST of NXT, baby. I'm well, taking
1: the EST, dude. I think her upside is unbelievable. I think she has the potential to be the best women's wrestler in the world. Yes. Any promotion, hands down. Wow. I think she has that talented. I think her work ethic, her drive, there's, there's nothing going against her. I mean, I'm sure Rhea's work ethic and drive is great, too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about Bianca that just has star and, like, star wrestler written all over her. You
0: know, what you said about her being the best wrestler in the world is a very bold statement considering she's coming out of a realm right now where you have women like Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, you have Sasha Banks, you have your Tessa Blanchards, your, your, your Jordan Graces, your, your Taya Valkyries. There are a lot of big-name women's wrestlers out there in the world, even Rio, Britt Baker. I, I'll, I'll even put them up there on that pedestal. For Bianca, I feel like she's young and she has her whole career Boom. ahead
1: of her. Boom said how old's Bianca like what 20 to early, early her, to mid-20s I think
0: early to mid-20s yeah
1: yeah but it, it's, it's say like when she's like in her mid-30s mm-hmm. Charlotte's gonna be in her what closer in her 40s by that point right mm-hmm. you know Becky's gonna be closer to 40 than 30 at that point so at that point the the switch is going to be in transition like once again, we know Bianca Belair does not have to win every single women's title in the next year or two. Right. She could win the Raw Women's title for the first time in three years from now, and it would be okay. Right. You do not need to put a title on everyone immediately to get them over. Right. She's been able to get herself over without a title this far. Let her keep doing it. Let her keep on developing without having to worry about defending a championship. I find a lot of time when you put a, a title on someone like that too early, they're not quite sure what to do with it because they should still be chasing.
0: Right. The the chase is always more interesting than than having the ha- actually having the title and being chased. Right. You're right. Yeah. Now. Jeez let's talk about another big thing that has happened in the world of women's wrestling over this past week this was the only topic that I actually wanted to talk about today but uh, Doc wanted to talk about some football game that happened last week and some drama <laughs> happening in baseball but the fucking return of Ruby Riot to Monday Night Riot. she came out she got a pop, the crowd chanted Ruby, Ruby Ruby was killing it And she went out there to go meet up with her best friend, Liv Morgan. I put best friend in air quotes because Ruby then turns on Liv. What I loved about that segment is I have to say there are, and this is I don't mean for this to come off sexist, but when it comes to women's segments, with the exception of what we just talked about with Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca, I feel like a lot of them are, they're not always as fluid as, as they could be and I feel like there's always a lot of thought behind what the next step is, what the next word is going to be, what the next move is going to be, but the whole segment between Ruby and Liv was so fluid. The way Ruby just turned at the drop of a dime, she, she uh, tripped and, and, and got Liv down on the mat. Liv's fit facials and everything at that moment were perfect, and the way she attacked her. Now, Doc, You have to open up your eyes and go back and watch that segment. There is no alignment between Ruby Riot and Lana. There is no kind of partnership there. Ruby didn't even acknowledge Lana's fucking existence in that ring. That entire segment was about Ruby and Liv, not about Lana.
1: So there's two things I didn't like about... The segment, okay. One, it was predictable. How so? How I so? just tell knew. I just, I just. I just. I just. I just. No. And See, I, I could tell, so. if in a way, she was the I way she was walking. So. Th- the way she was walking to the ring, kind of strutting down, not hustling down to help her friend. She didn't. You know, just, well, she.
0: didn't have to help her friend. Her friend just won the match. She didn't have to wh- help her friend. Or I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Not. I don't, it, it just.
1: It just reeked of turn to me.
0: Which is fine. I'm okay with that. And that's I it's Listen, it was I love the, of- I love the riot squad. The of- I didn't, I don't need them to get back together. I don't need them to get back together. I just no, want fine. Ruby don't riot back there.
1: I also would have rather seen Ruby kind of go out to the rain and just destroy everybody, too. Like, including Lana.
0: You know what? Yeah, you know what? And I, I, I would be okay with that, too, to kind of help Ruby show her dominance in the women's division. Because yes. Ruby does possess dominance in the current WWE women's division, regardless of who else is around her. She could be a very, very, she could be a, a top women's star right now, even with Charlotte and Sasha. And even if Ronda Rousey comes back and Becky Lynch, she could be a top star.
1: But if she, did, if she would have taken out, like, Lana, I could get behind that con, Morgan. So she's like, okay, I'm coming in. I'm ruthless. Come, this is the best women's division in the world. Come at me, bitches. Right. You know? Like, that was what I would have liked to have seen. I didn't get that. I got some, some well, turn on – a predictable turn on Liv Morgan, a predictable beatdown of Liv Morgan, and a predictable, arrogant walkout. Right. So that's my issue. I'm happy Ruby's back. I – for all our joking aside, I completely agree. I think Ruby Riot is a very, very talented wrestler. I just like busting your chops. Right. No, but I'm. No. But it brings. I want to bring up another point though. Before oh, Ruby, okay, before sorry, we go, go on go though, a year from now, mm-hmm. we're gonna have this talk again about Ruby Riot.
0: Okay.
1: Or maybe not a year from now, but some point in the next couple of years. Okay. Because I don't know what our contract situation is. Right. But at some point, we're gonna have this talk about a Ruby Riot debut. It's going to be on AEW. I want to talk about that. Because I really think there's so much going on in WWE. If there is a wrestler in WWE, a women's wrestler, who I think could go to AEW and immediately take over, because I think she fits the mold of that promotion perfectly, it is Ruby Riot.
0: I think the only thing Ruby Riot needs right now in WWE is the right creative. Cuz listen, we all know every wrestler, every superstar goes out there on TV on Raw, SmackDown or whatever, and they're doing what what they're following instructions that were given to them from creative. Ruby, it's not Ruby, Ruby Riot's fault that the Riot Squad was unfortunately a failed project. It could have been so good, but it ended up being a failed project cuz they lost more than they won. But if you look at Ruby Riott's singles record, she has beaten Bailey, she has beaten Natty, she has beaten Sasha one on one. That a- could be in the title picture. Now, she's had title shots against both Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. She needs more title opportunities and give her more than just, a, at the most, I think, a 10 minute match to really showcase what she can do in the ring because she is a talent in the ring. Give her time to actually talk on the mic. Don't give her fucking scripted, scripted promos. Let her be her. Because if you wa- go back and watch your shit on the indies as Heidi Loveless, you will see what she actually possesses and the talent that she has. AEW, hold on, before you go on, AEW's women's division is the worst fucking division in that promotion. Anyone else can come at me, but and no one can tell me it otherwise. Is. It, it is. It is the worst. It it's, is the only thing, it's the only thing that's been... Close it's to hurting. a disappointment. It's hurting he, so much. Yes, it's Riho,
1: the only thing that's been
0: a disappointment. Riho is a great talent, but she she is not AEW Women's Title. Women's that, that's champion, not your first champion. material. Not your first. not your it first. champion should like a Britt Baker. Fuck it, give it to Brandy Rhodes. That women's yeah. division is the whole thing evolves around Brandy Rhodes, the Nightmare Collective, and Brandy Rhodes' fucking therapist. Like she goes, like, that's all the the whole women's division is surrounded by. That's it.
1: I will say, on on, on Dynamite this week, they were getting Rio involved with Omega and and Pax Feud a little bit, kind of working her into that. As I said, I just popped Dynamite on for the first time in a couple weeks, and I noticed that out of the corner of my eye. Right. So, I'm going to Go back and pay a little more attention at, and maybe try to pay a little more attention to what they're doing with the women. Maybe they're trying to work them in a little differently to kind of give that division a boost because that's been a disappointment. But I think it's been a disappointment because they don't have the talent that Impact has, that WWE has. And I think where Ruby Riot's problem is is she's there's so many women in WWE top level talent. There's a logjam, and I'm not even just talking about the four horsewomen, you know, and I'm not just talking about Shayna Baszler, you know, there's still Ronda Rousey, the other horsewomen, you know, mm-hmm. you still have a Candice LeRae who is around. You still have a Bianca Belair, a and Rhea Ripley, Rye. a Toni Storm, right. an Io Shirai, an Asuka. I'm going to all these wrestlers and it's going to be very easy for someone like Ruby Riot, who's kind of flirted with the top of the car, but can't quite ever get to the big guns. Like right. It's going to be very easy, I think, for her to be forgotten. I think what makes most sense for Ruby Riot's career is to finish out her contract, go to AEW, go back to he- what, Heidi Lovelace, that was her he- independent Heidi name? Lovelace, yeah. Go back to your, to your Heidi Lovelace, go down there, wreck shop in that trash women's division. Okay? and and Because you can. She can. She even looks like an AEW wrestler to me. She has that look more of like, I look at her come out, I'm like you would look, you would be so much more badass on Dynamite than you are on Raw. Go there, do that, run the shop, and then maybe come back. Right. Kind of like a Drew
0: McIntyre. Right. Now, on the adverse of what I was saying, if Ruby was to go to AEW in its current condition, do I think she would get lost? I don't know if she would get lost, but with the way their creative is riding the women's division right now, I don't think now is the best time for Ruby to go there. If the women's division was on a little bit more of a pedestal and Ruby went over there, then yes, Ruby would help carry that division. I
1: think think the reason it's not on the pedestal is because of the talent and who they've chosen to represent the, the the
0: company at because the top. They got a lot of these foreign, the, these foreign women stars from Japan that no one really is that familiar with. Thank you. Yes. And they're not really helping the show, helping us learn who, who these women are. Right. You're exactly 100 percent right, Bones. <laughs> well, that's 100 percent right. right. That's all. I Am is right. So Ruby Riot needs to stay in WWE, and, and yeah. WWE needs to fucking get off their fucking soapbox and add a mid card. Hold on, you're gonna agree with me on this. A mid card. Yeah, well, women's well title.
1: yeah, I agree with that, and that be that be a fine, and Ruby Riot be a perfect like women's intercontinental champion. That would that's fantastic. Yeah. But I think what AEW creative's lacking for their women is the right women.
0: For their style of creative, right, and right now that's not going to change for a while because WWE has a stronghold on the top talent. With the that's what I'm of saying. Jordan, Griggs so when Taya,
1: when Ru- so when Ruby's contract is up, I think she should at least seriously consider going to AEW because I said she would go from the middle at the middle to upper middle of the pack to the to the
0: top of the card in AEW very quickly very quickly. Well, I'm interested to see now how how creative writes Ruby Riot into some storylines. I mean, if it is a th- if they're trying to do this to put over Liv Morgan, I mean, I hope it works out for Liv, but I also hope Ruby doesn't get get lost in the shuffle either and I hope that Ruby gets into something with some more substance as we lead into WrestleMania and it's not just the Ruby Riot versus Liv Morgan match, which I could see that probably ending uh, probably that being the match that Ruby's gonna have at WrestleMania. That is not going to be a WrestleMania
1: match. Are you on fucking crack, dude? It could be that un- shit's gonna be. That's like a fast lane match, dude.
0: It, or, or fast lane. You're right.
1: We're well, <laughs> we, oh, gonna have the women's battle royal anyway at WrestleMania. So yeah. Hey, there's no way. And this is. And I'm not trying to throw shade at Ruby or Liv, but there's no way that match is getting on WrestleMania. WrestleMania. That's no, not, not WrestleMania, a WrestleMania Caliberto. match. Yeah, that's I'm a, that's a.
0: I was just saying it because that's the next pay per view after uh, Super Showdown. That's all. What
1: I think would be pretty cool is to see the two of them in the women's elimination chamber, and to help build the feud. Yes, yes. that would be a really good way to help them kind of continue their build, and then the results in the elimination chamber can lead to a a good match at Fastlane. Hopefully.
0: Okay, I like that, and putting them both in in the elimination chamber match itself would be great. Right. for both of their characters. Exactly, exactly. Now, let's talk about something else that's really good for someone's character, and that is one Viper, Randy Orton. Now, this past Monday, he went out, he opened up Raw, didn't say a word, but got nuclear, nuclear heat. The last time anyone has spoken about nuclear heat was when Roman Reigns defeated Undertaker at WrestleMania. And came out on raw the next night and didn't say a word. And he just let the crowd the sea of booze in that arena. Of course, then he had to end off with it's my yard now, but that was all he said. He got so much heat. Now, a lot a lot there are a lot of talks right now with Randy Orton being the biggest heel in wrestling right now. I don't a hundred percent agree with that statement. Over the past two weeks Orton has done heel-like tendencies because he went after the beloved Edge. Edge is a fan favorite. He just made his return after nine years from a career-ending injury. Made it, had an awesome impact at Royal Rumble and stated he is now back home and he's here. He's here for, for the long haul. So that's why Randy Orton got the heat that he's or is getting the heat that he's getting right now, saying he's the best, the biggest heel in wrestling right now. I beg to differ. I mean, if I had to pick the biggest heel in WWE right now, it's King Corbin. Regardless of the kind of heat that he's getting, Corbin gets heat every single week. because Corbin does his job right. Bro, now, so let me. Now hold on. In wrestling get, get, itself, the biggest heel has to be MJF. So yeah, MJF is
1: definitely at the, it, He's the. He's the. I think gold standard for heels right now.
0: MJF um, know, and, knows where, where the line is and how to cross that line just so much to get to so, that point. What, what really benefits MJF, though, is that MJF's
1: line and Randy Orton's line and Corbin's line are different lines. Are
0: very different lines.
1: Yeah, they're different lines. Three so there's there a lot,
0: different characters also, I'll forget.
1: But three different characters. But, yeah, MJF gets a lot more leeway working for AEW than those guys do for WWE right. than Corbin and Orton do. Where I am so impressed with Orton is just like Corbin needs to talk. Still, yeah. Corbin Corbin doesn't get like that. I like he has a few times, but with his new character, he still needs to talk. I find it so impressive that Orton doesn't even need to talk to get. He was get all he had to do was hit an RKO on the right person. Right now, that being said, if Corbin would have came out and taken out Edge in that sort of style, would he have gotten the same heat that Orton did? No. You want to know why? He doesn't have because the Orton's got the history. Right. Yes, yes, right. the history plays a big part into why Orton might be a bigger heel than Corbin right now. Yeah, you know the history
0: it, is very important. And you know, you know what's sad too is like when we are talking about like big heels, we have to think back to oh man, the early '80s, back when Sergeant Slaughter t- turned his back on the USA. Right. Oh, early the, early nineties. That nuclear yeah. heat that yes, he got. Yes. That that was some real life shit, you know. But also, oh man, let's talk Ooh. about a couple years ago, Tommaso Champa, when yep. he got injured and made his return. He was the most hated superstar in NXT. But
1: what did Tommaso and Johnny have?
0: History. They had history, and they had a okay. blood feud. But Champa did. He, he worked that role as the top heel in NXT so fucking well. He didn't even need entrance music. His entrance no music entrance was the music, sea of booze. Yeah, the from no the entrance audience. music, that's
1: what made it work, was the yeah. no entrance music. Yep. That is what made Heel Ciampa work. Right. But there's history. You're going to get nuclear heat when you turn your back on history and your friends. Right. Corbin doesn't have any friends. Uh Uncle, well, I'm sorry. Corbin Uncle, doesn't have any, uh, any friends Uncle who are Uncle good Robert. guys. <laughs> who were his friends? Who are good guys? We're afraid of that guys who are super legend fan right. favorites, right? You know, well, like Gargano is it? Gargano may not be a WWE legend at this point. Mm-hmm. He will be at some point, I think. But he's right. an indie legend without a doubt. I mean, he's known as maybe he's the one of the hardest working dudes in pro wrestling.
0: Right. Now, in now with the Randy Orton uh, storyline with him and Edge, I mean, this is obvious. This is going to end up being a Randy Orton versus Edge match at WrestleMania. That well, is a WrestleMania match. Well, now that, yes, that's a WrestleMania match. But what happens to Orin after WrestleMania? Is he still going to be able to maintain this high level of heel after WrestleMania once his historic feud with Edge is over? If he
1: if he beats Edge, it all depends on how he beats Edge. Dirty, twisted, maniacal win. Then they're just going to keep that feud going, maybe do a rematch at SummerSlam. Maybe at some point, get like a title on Orton and then have Edge and Orton maybe fight for the title in like a cage match at SummerSlam or a Hell in a Cell match right. if Edge wants to go down that road at this point.
0: But is Orton going to take out Edge at Edge's first WrestleMania back in over nine years?
1: That's the other thought. Um, but maybe if Edge okay. wins, Orton just kind of Pearl Harbor jobs him afterwards and right. Edge is celebrating, Orton's pissed off. Takes out Edge in the are the celebration. Gets even another level of heat added to the heat he's getting and already. They just
0: continue the feud, and
1: they just continue to go into SummerSlam. Like,
0: and that, or, that's fine. You know, put put them both in the men's uh, elimination chamber match. Right, know, that's, I'm sure they time. will be. You know, put, have put a, them, I have a funny. Put them well, in some multi man matches, and then let them ha- maybe end off their feud at SummerSlam in one more one on one match. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think they're gonna fight at Mania, and then they should fight at SummerSlam too. Mm-hmm. And it keeps, you know, it keeps. You could even maybe I said you could even throw a title, get a title involved right. for the SummerSlam match, you know, have Orton like win the briefcase, cash it in that night or something, right. and then he can carry that into SummerSlam. Cool.
0: Definitely a lot, lot, lot of different options and different ways that this this thing can go. But Orton right now is getting some nuclear heat, and I love to see how much longer he could hold on to this this heat for.
1: As long as he wants, he's Randy Orton. When has he ever had a problem with he holding on to?
0: He is the Viper.
1: He's never had a problem of getting no. heat. That dude, ever.
0: And it's funny because just a few weeks ago, when he came out and he was pretending to be injured with AJ Styles on the, on the crutches, he was almost getting over as the babyface. So at the drop of a dime, he can go babyface to heel j- just like that, one week to the next.
1: Every legend can do it. Any and, great pro wrestler can do it.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually kind of glad that Edge made his return when he did, and they're actually going going through with this Orton and Edge feud. Because as much as Styles and Orton put on a great match at Mania last year, that we were actually there to see live, I enjoyed their match. I didn't want to see them at Mania again two years in a row. Nah, there's
1: no need for it. It'd be forced. It would be. It'd be kind of like, all right, you guys need to get on the card. So hey, let's just do a rematch. Go out there and set it up on Raw this week. Right.
0: But, yeah. I, but unfortunately now, too, Styles is out on injury and definitely might not even be back for WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's going to be.
0: Yeah, what sucks is him and Samoa Joe right now are both out. don't know if either of them are going to be at WrestleMania, which is a damn shame. Two, two of definitely the top talents in WWE right now. And they're both yeah. from Raw, too, which sucks. But speaking of, of some top talents, WWE just signed two more talents from the indies. We got Timothy Thatcher... And we have Killer Cross. Killer Cross was the hottest free agent on the market for a little while. Uh, Killer Cross is probably best known for his work in Impact Wrestling. Uh, he also worked in Global Force Wrestling, Lucha Underground, AAA, and a short stint earlier this year in MLW. Uh, if, well, you, did you watch Lucha Underground when it was up uh, on Netflix no, for a while? I, I no,
1: never, I never got to catch Lucha Underground.
0: The there was a, a faction called the Rabbit Tribe. Um, that was run by Paul London, along with, um, if I remember the names correctly, it was Mala Suerte and uh, Saltador were the other two members of the rabbit tribe with Paul London. And Killer Cross came in as the White Rabbit. The White Rabbit was the, the, the almighty, the almighty God of this this tribe that, 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 that they they praised. Uh, so that was uh, kind of Killer Cross's short stint in, in Lucha Underground as the White Rabbit. But again, he's much more well known for his, his stint in Impact Wrestling. Uh, him and Scarlett Bordeaux, who was also signed to the PC, or I'm sorry, WWE a few months back, are an item. They are together. So it just makes sense to put the two of them together. Now, for Killer Cross's style of wrestling, he's a fantastic in ring performer, great on the mic. I think personally the best place for him right now is to go to NXT because he would get lost if he went anywhere else uh, on Raw or SmackDown. I think NXT right now is a great start for him because he can really fit into that mid-card picture with guys like Keith Lee and even even uh, put him in a tag team. You know, put him in matches against Matt Riddle, Pete Dunne, uh, Dominic D- Dijakovic, uh, Damian Priest. Uh, put him in the friggin' title picture against Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor. Killer Cross is going to be a great addition to NXT moving forward. Uh, Interested to see if they put him and Scarlett together. Uh, Scarlett and Killer Cross were never together on TV and Impact Wrestling as an item, or or I should say. They never really cross paths that way. But, you know, Vince always likes the real-life couples and puts them together. You know, Savage and Elizabeth, Rusev and Lana. I'm sorry, Lana and Bobby Lashley. Anyway. (laughs) uh, And also, uh, so Timothy Thatcher is... Now, Timothy Thatcher is in his late 30s right now, I believe. So Timothy Thatcher is already up there in age. He has a large, uh, a very big, not large, very big uh, background in indies, PWG, Progress, uh, WXW. Now, NXT UK... I say English promotions, right? English promotions, yes. NXT UK, I'm going to say right now is the best place for him, and this is why. We have the faction Imperium. Imperium, ran by Walter, is a st- uh, stems off of Walter's other faction from WXW called Ring Comp. Ring Comp. Timothy. Ringhead. Thacker, say it again. Ringhead. No ring comp. That means ring head. Ring head? That's what it means. That's it then. (laughs) That sounds dirty. (laughs) So, those does sound pretty dirty. Get a little ring head tonight
1: on the WXW show.
0: Sexual relations with that woman.
1: Anyway. I did not have sexual relations with that turnbuckle. (laughs) And then George the Animal Steel comes in and says, Oh,
0: Oh. I I
1: ate that turnbuckle out.
0: What the fuck is happening right now anyway timothy thatcher is one of the original members of RingConf with <laughs> walter and uh two other uh wrestlers at the time now i think uh adding him as a fifth member to imperium would be awesome there are not that many five person stables or factions in wrestling right now the majority of them are all three person or four people you know undisputed era the new day uh we even have uh king corbin and his court with him and ziggler and rude uh we have the bloodline now with roman reigns and the usos so the i think shinsuke, getting guys, did you
1: say shinsuke and sammy and cesaro
0: shinsuke sammy cesaro that's right so we have yeah. a lot of like three person four person factions so maybe getting a five person faction and throwing timothy thatcher in there with imperium can make them could really put that uh faction on another pedestal
1: uh what's thatcher's nationality is he english
0: I would have to assume so. Let's uh where's Smarky when you need him. Uh by the way, our third man, Johnny Smarks, is out on assignment tonight. Uh hopefully he'll be back with us next week. Uh but he went off.
1: I hope he completes his assignment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. I mean he's in the process of uh trying to get married. I don't know why he would do that, so he's uh off doing I'm trying to get married things.
1: I don't know why he would do it either. (laughs)
0: Well hey, you already did it, bro exactly i'm trying to like, warned you dude <laughs> we tried to warn him let's see timothy thatcher is an american professional wrestler okay he's so and he's from sacramento california he's 36 right, back years up. old
1: all right back it up so thatcher now you're talking about an american an imperium mm-hmm. does that work
0: It could because of his wrestling background. And again, it's all kayfabe, right? Even though we we, we can go on Wikipedia and look at it, they could say he's English. What if
1: Imperium expands to a full-time presence in America and it's led by Thatcher and then Walter already, you know, comes and goes as he pleases and right. they've had no problem bringing uxt and i know jordan devlin's been on nxt and you know they have no problem crossing that talent well, over
0: devlin is now the nxt cruiserweight champion
1: right 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 so. right so so to say so he's been mm-hmm. they have no problem moving talent around overseas right so what if they maybe expand an imperium to an um, imperium invades america And then he's like, and then Thatcher's the turn club. Oh my goodness, my brain's going all over the place.
0: A lot of opportunity here for Timothy Thatcher uh, and for both, and for Killer Cross too. So, but that's, I think Timothy Thatcher will end up on NXT UK because again, he has a big history with Walter and he works really well with him. They were tag team champions together uh, over on the Indies in uh, WXW and PWG as well, I believe.
1: And the UK and, fan base knows who he is, obviously. UK so that helps. UK fan base helps. knows
0: Timothy Thatcher very well, yes. And uh, Killer Cross also, he has a name for himself for a lot of the, the Impact or TNA. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I don't think he was in TNA. I think it was only there when it, was, when it became Impact Wrestling. I don't want to miss yeah, I think so too. I the wrong information. But uh, again, he it's was the same a very thing. big name over there at Impact Wrestling. So again, we, we, we keep talking about it. WWE is stacked with their roster. And just when you think you can't get more stacked, they sign two more guys. Well, when you
1: have four promotions within your promotion, you need talent to freaking put the, the shows talent. together.
0: Right. But that also, some... that also, don't forget, that means you also have guys now that are good talent that you don't do nothing with. Eric Young, EC3, you have all these guys that are signed that are good talent. Yeah. On the and when their contract and, the ring, and then there's nothing with them.
1: And when their contract runs out, they'll go to another promotion.
0: They'll go to AEW,
1: or it'll go to Impact, or it'll go to ROH, so- or it'll go to NJPW. Right.
0: right. So possibilities are endless. So on that note, Doc, guess what? What's up? That's all the time we have for today.
1: That's good, cause I'm about to pass out. It's yep. late, dude.
0: It is late. These are our late night delights. So if this is your first time tuning in. Thank you for listening to episode 61 of the Fourth Wall Cast. If you enjoy the show and want to show your support, please follow us on all social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T H W A L L C A S T. And if you haven't yet, please follow the Fourth Wall Pop Network on Twitter at Fourth Wall Pop. That's fourth spelled out, F-O-U-R-T-H W-A-L-L Pop goes the weasel and make sure thank you for that and make sure you tune in and check us out every sunday on your favorite podcast platform be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode once again i'm your host jc bones follow me on twitter at jc bones that's bones with a z This young man to my right over here is Doc Haas, the modern-day Johnny Thunderguns. You can follow him on Twitter at Dr. Haas 4 WC, and make sure you go check out our third man, Johnny Smarks, at Johnny Smarks-a-Lot. With that being said, Doc, any final words for the fam? Uh, Fuck you, Fred and Jeff Wilpon. Fuck you. Fuck the Wilpons. Hopefully the Mets can figure it out, and hopefully they can have a season. And let's get ready for the XFL, baby. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Seattle Dragons going no Seattle Dragons going all the way. They're, they're gonna win this <laughs> Let's season. go Dragons! Let's go Dragons. And with that being said, fam, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be your biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall cast, and we are here to make it pop. Goodbye. And good night. You already know, as soon as you feel that creep, yeah. you're about to get put to sleep. Boom, boom. Ah. 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 Okay, all right. It's not paranoia, it's a Usos. Usos. Yeah. Yeah. to the Uso Penitentiary.
1: Anyways, I gotta get to bed, dude. I'm exhausted. All right. All right. Good night, brother. I'll catch you later.
0: this Bye bye. fine. Let's go, Clown.